Days from 7 to 8 p.m., we offer the skills of self-compassion, effective communication, and creating understanding across differences. Come listen, call in, and practice with us. Talk it out. Talk it out. Talk it out radio, Sundays, 7 to 8 p.m. on KPFA. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule in school get your money every Friday happy endings are the rule so divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. (laughs) Yes, today I'm throwing myself into the works of Samuel Beckett, but I cannot, cannot forbear. Just one shot in the dark. <laughs> Elizabeth II and DJ Trump. This week, well, last week, I guess, uh, we were treated to the spectacle of our country's leaders. Aha, uh-huh, yes. His reckless disregard for our national welfare, the dangers to our economy, to the responsibilities of high office. We know all this. We know all this. We know all this. I I thought we finally got ourselves a narcissistic sociopath, and I couldn't help but think there's a wonderful television series. Some of you may have seen it. It's about John Adams, one of our early founders, as the TV series starring Paul Giamatti as John Adams and Laura Linney as Abigail, swell thing, oh, hours and hours of our early history. And uh, at one point, John Adams goes to London as our first ambassador to the British Empire. He's very awkward. He doesn't know whether to bow or what he's supposed to do. You know, and meets George the <laughs> Third. The actor playing George the Third was so hilarious. He was a complete nut. Anyway, actually, he was in actual fact. Anyway, as John Adams leaves, and then once again awkward, backing away from the king, George the Third. George the Third says to him, uh, as if he were comforting him, as if he were trying to give him hope. And he has lines to the effect that he truly hopes that these United States will never have cause to regret the loss of monarchy. Now, at the time I saw this series, I laughed heartily at that until I Uh, until I thought about it, until it got to be today, and I watched uh, D.J. Trump 
talking to Elizabeth II, and I thought, yes, maybe, maybe monarchy would be a more reasonable, never mind, never mind. Thomas Jefferson warned us that if we had the three branches of government, one of them might become more powerful or dominant over the others. He thought it would be the legislature. He had the mold of George Washington, uh, hard to imagine, uh, any change, well, anything being <laughs> as revolting as the contrast we have today. Uh, anyway, enough. Enough. I must not vent, as Beckett says. Vent the vent, vent the pent, vent, 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 vent. Oh, the hell that he says. <laughs> Never mind. I'm also saving up my reviews of the uh, the movie Deadwood. Deadwood was a brilliant series on uh, TV, and I, I can't possibly talk about the feature film that they've put together. What they did was they... They took the major characters and they put them into a, a two-hour film and they moved the uh, setting up 10 years. The series was set in 1878. The uh, feature film goes to 1889 when uh, Dakotas become states. Yes, statehood has come and they're respectable. Now, the series started in 10 years earlier, and it showed us how a completely chaotic um, and extremely violent little village puts itself together without a government uh, in this new, uh, well, this 10-year <laughs> wrap-up. We see one of the characters from the series, uh, the character of George Hearst, the original SOB, not William Randolph, he did the thing at Xanadu. George Hearst was the original uh, a criminal thief, whatever. He returns to Deadwood to steal some more land. Uh, <laughs> he was the original head of the Hearst criminal dynasty, you may remember. But anyway, those of you who love Deadwood, the series, I think won't want to miss this wrap-up. Uh, uh, there's so much material in the, I don't know, 30, 40 hours of the series that it's impossible to synthesize it, but uh, I'm happy just to see the, uh, the, the summation of Jane Cannery, Calamity Jane, played by one of our local actors, Robin Weikert. Never mind. Maybe someday we'll have time to talk about Deadwood. We should have a round robin as to what was the best thing about that series. It's an historical miracle. Uh, do we call that? Um, not so much docudramas, but uh, we used to call them historical romances, but this is not a romance. History is the, the best uh, place to go for your plots and your, <laughs> your problem. Never mind. I'm using up Samuel Beckett's time in Godot, waiting for Godot, he says, when, when will you have done tormenting me with your time, time, time? Sam Bucket, a nihilist if there ever was one. Ah, let us go first to Malloy. Let's see, I'm going to go dust the graves. 
Malloy and Malone Dies. Those are my uh, two favorites. Ah, yes. Beckett translated his own work um, for the most part, but the section I'm reading is also translated from the French by Patrick Bowles. Uh, comes to us from Grove Press in New York. It's the beginning of the novel. And Samuel Beckett writes, I am in my mother's room. It is I who live here now. I don't know how I got there, perhaps in an ambulance, certainly a vehicle of some kind. I was helped. I never have got there alone. There's this man who comes every week. Perhaps I got there thanks to him. He says not. He gives me money and takes away the pages. So many pages, so much money. Yes, I work now. A little like I used to. Except that I don't know how to work anymore, and that doesn't matter, apparently. What I'd like now is to speak of the things that are left. Say my goodbyes. Finish dying. They don't want that. Yes, there is more than one of them, apparently, but it's always the same one that comes. You'll do that later, he says. Good. Ah, not only am I left here now alone in this room, but I am looked after. Now, this is how it is done now. The door half opens. A hand puts a dish on the little table left there for that purpose. Takes away the dish of the previous day and the door closes again. It is soup. <laughs> they must know I am toothless. When my chamber pot is full, I put it on the table beside the dish. Then... I go 24 hours without a pot. Ah, no, I have two pots. They have thought of everything. I am naked in the bed in the blankets, whose number I increase and diminish as the seasons go. I am never hot, never cold. I don't wash, but I don't get dirty. <laughs> oh, if I get dirty somewhere... I rub that part with my finger, or wet with spittle. What matters is to eat and excrete. Dish and pot, dish and pot. These are the poles. In the beginning, it was different. The woman came right into the room, bustled about, inquired about my needs and my wants. I succeeded in the end in getting them into her head, my needs and my wants. It was not easy. She did not understand until the day I found the terms, the accents that fitted her. All that must be half imagination. It was she who got me this long stick. It has a hook at one end. Oh, how great is my debt. To sticks, 
so great that I almost forget the blows they have transferred to me. She is an old woman. I don't know why she's good to me. Well, yes. Let us call it goodness. Without quibbling. <laughs> I believe her to be even older than I. But rather less well-preserved, in spite of her mobility. Perhaps she uh, goes with the room, in a manner of speaking. All I see of her now is the gaunt hand and part of the sleeve. Not even that, not even that. Perhaps uh, she's dead, having predeceased me. Perhaps now it is another's hand that lays and clears my little table. I don't know how long I have been here. I must have said so once. I shall not give up yet. I have finished my soup. Ah, oh, but it's time I took a little rest. For safety's sake. I don't like those gull's eyes. They remind me of an old shipwreck. I forget which. I know it is a small thing, but I'm easily frightened now. I know those little phrases that seem so innocuous, and once you let them in, pollute the whole of speech. Nothing is more real than nothing. Nothing is more real than nothing. They rise up out of the pit and know no rest until they drag you down into its dark. But I, I am on my guard now. Live and invent. I have tried. I, I must have tried. Invent. It is not, not the word. Neither is live. No matter. I have tried. While within me the wild beast of earnestness padded up and down, roaring, ravening, rending, I have done that in the toes, toils, earnestness. That has been my disease. I was born grave, as others, syphilitic. Gravely I struggled to be grave no more, to live, to invent, but at each fresh attempt I lost my head, fled to my shadows as to sanctuary, to his lap who can neither live nor suffer the sight of others living. <laughs> I say living without knowing what it is. I tried to live without knowing what I was trying. I wonder why I speak of all this. Uh, ah, yes, to relieve the tedium. Yes, the living, the living, they were always more than I could bear. All? No, no, I, I don't mean that, but groaning with tedium, I watched them come and go, then I killed them or took their place. 
or fled. I, I feel within me the glow of that old frenzy, but I know it will set me on fire no more. I stop everything and wait. How false all this is. No time now to explain. I began again. I told myself, too, that I must make better speed. I had the patience to wait. If I had the patience, I would see the moon. But I have not. Now that I have looked, I hear the wind. I close my eyes. It mingles with my breath. Words and images run riot in my head, pursuing, flying, clashing, merging endlessly. But beyond this tumult there is a great calm and a great indifference, never really to be troubled by anything again. I turn a little on my side, press my mouth against the pillow, the search for myself, is ended. I am buried in the world. I knew I would find my place there one day. The old world cloisters me, victorious. I'm happy. I knew I would be happy one day. But I am not wise. For the wise thing now would be to let go at this instant of happiness. And what do I do? I go back again to the light. Yes, I leave my happiness and go back to the race of men, <laughs> too. Perhaps I have judged them ill, but I don't think so. I have not judged them at all. All I want now is to make a last effort to understand, to begin to understand how such creatures are possible. <laughs> no, it is not a question of understanding. Of what then? I don't know. Here I go, nonetheless, mistakenly. Night, storm, sorrow, the catalepsies of the soul, the last word is not yet said. Yes. Yes. The last word is said. Huh. Perhaps I simply want to hear it said again. Just once again. Oh, no, no. I want nothing. <laughs> Oh, 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 they gave me the lowdown on God once. They told me I depended on him in the last analysis. They had it on the reliable authority of his agents at Bali. I forget what, this being the place, according to them, where the inestimable gift of life had been rammed down my gullet. What they were most determined for me to swallow was my fellow creatures. In this they were without mercy. 
I remember little or nothing of these lectures. I cannot have understood a great deal, but I seem to have retained certain descriptions in spite of myself. They gave me courses on love, on intelligence. Most precious, most precious. They also taught me to count, even to reason. Some of this rubbish has come in handy on occasions, I don't deny it, on occasions which would never have arisen if they had left me in peace. I use it still to scratch my arse with. Mm, low types they must have been, pockets full of poison and antidote. Perhaps all this instruction was by correspondence, uh, yet... Uh, I seem to know their faces. From photographs, perhaps. <laughs> A few last questions. Is it merely a lull? Uh, there were four or five of them at me. They called that presenting their report. One in particular, Basil, I think he was called, filled me with hatred. Without opening his mouth, fastening on me his eyes like cinders with all their seeing, he changed me a little more each time into what he wanted me to be. Is he still glaring at me from the shadows? Is he still usurping my name? the one they foisted on me up there in their world patiently from season to season. No. No, here I am in safety, uh, amusing myself, <laughs> wondering, wondering, who, who can have dealt me these insignificant wounds? Ah, an Irishman's brain is only his imagination. <laughs> I tell myself he'll come back, and then, and then he couldn't, he's gone too far. And then all kinds of fantasies that I'm being watched. A rat steps to repel, and then I babble, babble words like the solitary child who turns himself into children, two, three, so as to be together and whisper together in the dark, moment upon moment. All life long. You wait for that to mount up to a life. Oh, let's get it over, Christ. Poor old, lousy old earth, my earth and my father's and my mother's. 
And my father's fathers, and my mother's mothers, and my father's mothers, and my mother's fathers, and my father's mother's fathers, and my mother's father's mothers, my father's mother's mothers, mother's father's mothers, oh, everyone else's fathers and mothers, and excrement. Oh, then the crocuses and the mimosas turning green every year, a week before the others, the pastures red with uneaten sheep's placentas, and the long summer days, and the new-mown hay, and the wood pigeon in the morning, and the cuckoo in the afternoon, the corn crake in the evening, the wasps in the jam, the look of the gross, the smell of the gorse, the apples falling and the children walking in the dead leaves, the lilacs turning brown a week before the others and the chestnuts falling and the howling winds and the sea breaking over the pier, the first fires, the hooves on the road, the consumptive postman whistling that roses are blooming in Picardy. And the standard oil lamp. And, of course, the snow. And, to be sure, the sleet. And, bless your heart, the slush. And every fourth year, the February debacle. And the endless April showers. And the crocuses. And then the whole bloody business starting all over again. Yuck! <laughs> and if I was to begin it all over again, knowing what I know now, the result would be the same. And if I was to begin again a third time, knowing what I would know then, the result would be the same. And if I was to begin it all over again a hundred times, Knowing each time a little more than the time before, the result would always be the same. In the hundredth life as the first, a hundred lives as one, a cat's flux. They said to me, that's love. Yes, yes, not a doubt. Now you see how easy it is. They said to me, that's friendship. Yes, yes, no question, you found it. They said to me, here's the place. Stop, raise your head. Look at all that beauty and that order. They said to me, Come now, you're not a brute beast. Think upon these things. You will see how all becomes clear and simple. They said to me, What skilled attention they get. All these dying of their wounds. I say to myself sometimes, 
You must learn to suffer better than that if you want them to weary of punishing you one day. I say to myself sometimes, you must be better than that if you want them to let you go one day. But I feel too old, too far, far to form new habits good. It's easy going. When I drop, I'll weep for happiness. I can't go on. What? Oh, what have I said? What have I said? I can't go on. I must go on. I must. I'll go on. The ending, nice and tidy. I must say words as long as there are until they find me. I don't know. I'll never know. In the silence, you don't know. You must go on. I can't go on. I'll go on. Well, there I am. There we are. There I am. That's enough. This has been Jennifer Stone reading to you from the works of Samuel Beckett. Well, next time, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Listeners, here's your chance to help shape and improve KPFA's programming. Let the CAB, that's Community Advisory Board, know what you think of KPFA's current offerings in public affairs, culture, music, and news by completing their annual online survey. Just go to kpfa.org and scroll to the bottom of the homepage where you will find a link to the Community Advisory Board. Once on the CAB homepage, look for our KPFA listener survey at the top. The deadline to take this survey is August 31st, 2019 before midnight Pacific Standard Time. Thank you. Your feedback helps KPFA provide the programs that educate and advance our community. You're listening to 94.1 KPFA, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 